Welcome. This is our daily podcast from Seacoast Grace Church. We believe that Jesus changes everything. And and as we come to understand what that means, we begin to live our lives differently. And I think as we live our lives differently, people take note. And we might even bring change to our world. So welcome. Glad you're here. Hey, everyone. Pastor Autumn here. Welcome to Day 10 of Send It. Today, we will continue to learn about sharing our faith. There are a couple of taboo topics in polite conversation, the big one being religion. How do we build relationships that can stand the test of having uncomfortable conversations? We've got some ideas for you. Let's get going. Today's scripture is from Luke 19, 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Today's Devo is titled, Coffee, Dinner, Gospel. Okay, so let's say you've done everything we've asked. You've met your neighbors, you know the names and a little about all the people on your soccer team. You've identified someone or multiple people who need to know Jesus. What do you do now? Hand them a tract? Tell them your testimony? Honestly, to most of us, that seems so incredibly awkward that we never do it. In reality though, we can share our faith the same way we approach any overwhelming task. We take it in bite-sized chunks. We recommend this method. Coffee, dinner, gospel. Because here's the deal. We don't want our friends to simply hear the truth about Jesus. We want them to accept it and allow it to change them. This means that when we have a conversation about Jesus with them, we want them to be willing, even eager, to hear what we have to say. To do this, we start small. We ask them to have coffee. Coffee is just a little step. It's non-threatening, brief. There are other people around and the conversation will be light. We'll talk about common interests and general comfortable topics. The next step, dinner, is a bit more of a commitment. It will take longer, we will be in a more private space, and the conversation will be more personal. This is where we can begin to talk about what we value and feel strongly about. This brings us to the third level, gospel. Only when you have established a level of friendship and trust in your relationship will you be able to gain a real hearing for Jesus in a conversation. We are going to spend all of days four and five exploring what these conversations might look like, but first we want to note a couple of things. First, This isn't a strategy, it's a lifestyle. We don't have an ulterior motive, meaning we have a hidden agenda. We have an ultimate motive. Our goal in every relationship in our life, with both believers and non-believers, is to glorify God and establish His kingdom here on earth. This is just one tool we can use to help us share the most important relationship in our lives with the people around us. Secondly, don't do it alone. We don't mean simply asking other Christians to pray for you as you share your faith. We mean share your faith alongside other Christians. Include them in the process. Invite your non-believing friends to parties with your Christian friends. Give them the opportunity to become friends with more Christians. Do your dinners as groups. 
One of the major reasons our friends aren't Christians is that they don't belong to a community of friends who also believe in Jesus. The more Christ followers they know and care about, the more open they will be to his message. Finally, understand that sharing your faith will take time, lots of time. There are more people in your neighborhood, more dads on the team, and more moms in your playgroup than you could have coffee with in a year. Ask God to show you which relationships he has uniquely prepared for you. Prioritize them, be open, be hospitable, and watch God work through you. All right, we are here for day three, um, continuing to talk about sharing our faith. Uh, last week, we uh, started talking a little bit about some practical ways that we can do this. And so we gave you uh, kind of a three-step process. So the first was um, just to let people know that you're a believer. So that's one of the reasons we have merch is that you can be wearing a shirt that says Jesus changes everything. And it's kind of a easy way to let people know like, hey, I'm a Christian, I, I, I do live differently. The second point was, if you guys remember, was actually live differently. Go out and if you say you're a Christian, actually live the way that Jesus would want you to live so that you stand out and that when you stand out, people understand why. And then the third aspect was um, really kind of de depending on the relationship with that you have with the person, where they are in their faith, we want you to take action. And so one of the actions is you can invite them to church. Um, and then the other action is you can share your faith. And we really want you to do both of those things. Um, sometimes inviting your, inviting someone to church, they're just going to say no. And, and then that's not the end of the, the road for you. You're going to share your faith with them. And so um, we're always going to do stuff around here to make it so that, I mean, Seacoast is a place where you can invite people to. Um, but we want to practically get into over the next few days um, how you personally can share your faith with people. And, um, and these guys are really, really good at it. And so um, I would love to um, just really kind of focus on um, some of that today. So um, one question I had is... Um, how have you guys, and I, I think this is something that I've heard you just drop like little notes of it throughout. Um, you guys are really intentional about developing relationships with non-believers in your life. Um, I know like Cody, has, who, if she's listening, I'm sorry, but whoever does his hair, he's always, he's like sitting there for, you know, an hour, he's going to evangelize to whoever's cutting his hair. Um, you know, I know all of you guys do that. So how have you been intentional about developing relationships with non-believers? So I think that the life stage that I'm in, um, where my kids are now really involved in school and in sports and stuff, there is something about that where it exposes you on a regular basis to people that um, are not people of faith. So, uh, for example, my son is really into baseball, and somehow we got suckered onto being on two baseball teams right now. And um, and the reason why I said yes to the second baseball team is because it's a team he's been playing with for uh, over a year, about a year now, and I know all the parents. And it's like, okay, the, this is a whole team full of people who none of which are Christians except for one other family that we know. And, um, and I can somehow invest in these people. And so I actually looked at it like, like he's nine. Baseball is probably not going to be his future, but these people I might be able to impact. And so I've made it a, a huge priority for myself is I'm at every practice because I know all the dads are going to be there. And so I know all the dads pretty well now. Um, and then we invite them. 
constantly. And we'll invite them um, to our special services, to things like that. And then there is so much downtime when you're, the kids are playing that natural conversations start to emerge. And so I've really looked at it as an opportunity for me to really invest in all of these parents. Hmm. How about how are you guys? I, for me, we just moved. So we just, we've been working with Seacoast for a little while at Seal Beach. And so we were living in Huntington Beach. So we just moved to Seal Beach. And um, we found, we've only been there for a couple of weeks, but my wife and I found that it was just kind of business as usual. We were just kind of, and so we had to step back and we had to say, how are we going to be more intentional? In you this? could come and borrow my dog <laughs> and take her to the dog park. No, but I think it's, I think intentionality, it, it's, it's easy to not do it. It's easy just to get caught up in the moment and not be intentional. And so for me, one of the ways that I do be, are, am intentional in the people is I have other people hold me accountable to be that. And that's where I really feel like a, a community of believers is important. Like, hey, are you doing this? Are you being intentional? Okay, I have a people? question real quick, or maybe a, a metaphor, Let's see if it works, is uh, sharing your faith is sort of like when you're single trying to go on a date or trying to get a date. See, like, what, like, just throwing. Like, you're just like, you're, you're, okay, first step, I just gotta be around them, right? Like, I gotta be around someone who is a potential for me to date. And then, like, okay, I gotta have, like, a conversation. And it's the same sort of awkwardness as well. And you almost need, like, your icebreaker lines to, uh, to some Go, degree. what are your icebreaker lines? Um, is. What brings you here? Oh, <laughs> my, my kid's on the same team as yours. Oh, I thought you were going to say my pickup line. Yeah. <laughs> hey, like, was your dad a drug dealer? Because you're dope. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, no, but you got to have like those those initial. So for me, it's super easy because I'm a pastor. So I go, what do you do? And they Dude, tell me. And that's I go, my guess line. what I do. That's my line. <laughs> like, that's my I'm a pastor. But there could be other icebreaker questions or things. So um, one of my favorite people is Tim Keller. And he says, hey, just drop in a conversation that you go to church and see if they pick up on it or just drop in like, yeah, that's why we do or don't do these things because we're really, you know, focused on in our faith and just make it known. Like that's the first step is everyone should at least know, not in an obnoxious way or condemning way, but know who you are, what you're about. That's why like the merch and all that, we, we always push it, not because we want to, you know, make a name for ourselves. We want to make a name for Jesus. And it's a great conversation starter. So I think there's some really practical ways to be able to, to start those so conversations. So he, he says that there are practical ways and then they're just like all in his head. Um, and so I am actually practical. Okay. And so I made a list. Oh. And there is a list online um, on our website. They're called nudge questions. Okay. And so um, they're just the questions that will get you to the place of actually kind of talking about spiritual stuff. Um, so I really love the process in here that it goes like the coffee, dinner, gospel um, idea. And it's not like you actually have to take someone out to coffee and then have them to, you know, it's kind of like what you're talking about. When you first get to know somebody, you're not going to like walk up to someone and say, hey, I'm Cody. Tell me what your faith background Dinner is. tonight. You know, like you're going to have like conversation about the weather, about the field. And then, you know, after a couple of those conversations, you're going to be ready for yeah. one of these. So questions. one of the things that's really good, because we talked about, you know, like the live differently. All Look at all of these as opportunities for conversation. So one the team that I was talking about a minute ago that we're really invested in, we're not going to make half the games. And I told everyone it's because church is our number one priority. Well, that's a conversation starter in itself, you know? So all these things, if you're looking for opportunities, that's key. You have to be looking for opportunities to have the conversation or better yet, steer the conversation towards those. 
Yeah. Like, you know, you see goals. these openings and you just go, oh, there's an opening. There's a question there that I could ask. There's a, and if you're aware and you're intentional, you can start steering the conversations towards those, those so, things. So I have, a, I have a question. And so we live in this society where the perception, the media is that everybody is antagonistic to Christ and the Gospels and Christians. Mm-hmm. In all of your sharing, have you ever had someone just be mean like a non-family member? I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, I, I really try to make it like, I go to Pete's Coffee or you know Starbucks and like that, and I have a big Bible that's like an encyclopedia, so people ask me about it. And uh, I, I've yet to have somebody that's militant. Right. Yeah. yeah, I've yet to have somebody that's like, scoffs at me because I'm reading, you know, the Bible. We, I think we benefit from the fact that our culture right now is, uh, aside from on social media, in face-to-face interactions is really non-confrontational. And so they might ghost you and not want to sure. talk to you anymore. Yeah. But as far as just being straight Probably out. Being, all my years as a Christian, I've never had anybody blow me out. Just go, you're an idiot. How can you believe that? Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I've had people go, I don't believe that at all. And I'm surprised that you do, which is a great opening line. Like, well, let me give you three reasons why I might, you know, might feel away. I've never had anybody just blow me out. I'm trying to think of all the years. Now I've had some some people I was sharing with, and their family would get mad because they thought we were trying to steal their brother or sister or something. They they kind of come at me a little bit, but when I just responded kindly, it, it went away. So so I think there's a perception out there that people hate Christians. They don't. The media may hate Christians, at least some members of it, or it's at least it's a it's a utilitarian tool they can get to rile somebody up somewhere, but I haven't met those people yet. And I've met people who full on didn't believe what I believe. They believe there was, you know, they're transitioning into a new age or something. I've met lots of those people. People have very different beliefs. One of the most interesting conversations I had was about three in the morning was a Muslim guy who who was wanting to interact and show me how wrong I was. And uh, and finally, I, I prayed to my God and he prayed to his. Fire didn't come down on either side that I know of, but uh, but that's where he left it. But that was the most antagonistic, and it wasn't terribly antagonistic because I wasn't accusing him of anything. I wasn't calling him anything. We're just having a conversation. And so I think a lot of it for me, and, and again, I don't feel like I'm great at this, but a lot of it for me is that I want to learn what you, you believe. If Would you be willing to hear some of what I believe? And people almost always respect that, even if they don't want to. They well, maybe some other time. I getting getting you know ghost is not unusual for me. So I'm so well, you see you see in Acts Paul gets up and he he preaches and then there's three responses. The first one is the people mock him. The first group. The second group is oh that sounds really interesting and then they dismiss him. And then the third group is the people that are actually interested. And you will very quickly find out which of the three groups you're talking to. And it'll help guide you. If it's someone's like nope not interested uh uh-uh, no don't force the issue then. Well, that's know? one of your problems. Is don't talk to people in groups. You're more apt, I think you're more apt to get um, pushback, like harsh, sure. uncomfortable, unkind pushback. Like, so you mean like don't do it on Facebook or? Facebook. Yeah, good. Unless you're called to be an evangelist, you want to stand on the street corner in Huntington Beach or in London, um, probably caring enough for someone to individually have a conversation with them about the most important thing in the history of the world is probably a better way to go yeah. rather than spouting opinions online. I, I'm sorry. I, I, it was taught to me like we sharing your faith is uh, like learning a new language. And I had the privilege of learning a new language. And one of the things that they taught us was that it's like playing a game of tennis. 
in that in the beginning you're just trying to lob the ball back you're just all you're trying to do is can keep the conversation going so you can learn more and so you just start lobbing the ball and then as you get better you start hitting it with a little more speed and a little more you know you have to move around in agility and stuff like that and it's i think of sharing my faith is the same way like i start off lobbing balls and then pretty soon i'll start putting a little pace on it hit into their backhand make them go get it and things like that just but i don't want to win i want to just keep that ball going between you and then you know when it starts getting fun is when you're giving hard shots and they're giving hard shots back to you and you're you're you're, you're just continuing it on and you might take a break go get a water but you'll come back to it and you'll just keep doing that and so for me sharing my it's just a good Thing to remember as I approach new Christians and things and people that aren't believers is just I'm just lobbing the ball back to them, just seeing where we're going. How are we going to go on this? If I put a little more pace on it, are they going to be able to return it? Okay, if they return it, then let's put a, let's start moving around here and let's start uh, engaging the conversation more and more and more and deeper and deeper. And, and by the way, two things. Well, guys, it's something about online. I don't I don't oppose people exhibiting that they're Christians online. But if you're going to have hard truth, you're going to start putting pace on it. Online is not the place to do it. Yeah, right. uh, do it in a place because it's supposed to be truth in love. Yeah. And, and by the way, you don't have to have a theological degree or an apologetics degree to do this. It's just seeing if they want to deepen the conversation a little bit. Yeah. So let's let's talk about not just how the weather. So how do you feel about your life right now? That's a deepening kind of question, right? It's a it, it, and that well, I get to rule around here. And I'm not on social media, but I. I sometimes check my email. And uh, if someone asks me a difficult question, like not just a theological question, but maybe they have an issue or something, our response is, hey, I really would like to talk about that. Can we do that in person? Because you can never convey what you're saying, truth and love in text, or it's very, very difficult. And I think too, like we are allowed to say, I don't know the answer to that Mm. and go think about Mm -hmm. it. And we have to allow the other person the same respect. Like if they say, I don't know, I need some time to do it. We can't just keep pushing them harder and harder because you're just going to destroy that relationship. Give them time because what we have is truth. And if we truly believe that, they're going to be led to truth in their in their thoughts and in their conversation. So allow them time to think about things, to, to go research things because we're not afraid of what we, we're, we're backing up. We know that it's the truth and we know that they'll eventually lead to that. Um, just one more thought before we close today. I One of the things, so James actually was the one who suggested this book. It's how to talk about Jesus without being that guy um, is where a lot of these ideas are coming from, or at least my ideas, you guys are coming from wherever. Um, but uh, one of the the things that, that really was, I thought, profound in the book is it talked about... Um, not going it alone, like bringing other Christians into the process with you. And um, I feel like for me, like our uh, teams are kind of one of the places where I'm exposed to a lot of non-Christians as well, my kids' sports teams. And I found myself finding the other Christians on there and kind of going to them as a place of refuge and just kind of almost trying to recreate my own little Christian bubble within the team. And um, this book really suggests that instead of doing that, you um, view them not as your place of refuge, but as your teammates like okay together like we're gonna go and we're gonna witness to the other people on this team like we're gonna invite them over and we're gonna do this together I think of some of the teams that I'm on right now there are other believers that I'm really good friends with um, and I need to figure out how to with them 
share Jesus's love with the whole team and know that I'm not alone. And so maybe if I don't have all the answers, maybe the other people on the team, you know, that, that are my friends, maybe we're not in a big group conversation, but like, you know, I can say, Hey, what do you think about that? You know? And so, um, so yeah, good, good stuff. All right. We're going to keep talking about this. And so we'll be back tomorrow. Okay. Now we're going to turn it back to you, our listeners. If you would like to learn more about this topic, our main resource for the rest of the week's devos is How to Talk About Jesus Without Being That Guy by Sam Chan. We have some questions for you to think about as we close today. Question one, what are some things you notice about how Jesus developed a relationship with Zacchaeus? Question two, what would you say is the biggest barrier to sharing your faith with the non-believers in your life? Question three, of all the strategies and ideas we've outlined today, which sound the most appealing? Which sound the most difficult? Hey, thanks for joining us today. You hope that uh, you've learned something. Maybe you're inspired to something. You recognize something. Something surprising to us is that we were moved by some of the conversation we had. We didn't realize how passionate we were about some of these issues. And so we begin to talk about how life-changing they are. I hope that you not only heard what we're talking about, but that you're going to take some action. Change the way you're thinking. Involve yourself in something. Do something in response. Don't let it just be an intellectual exercise. Thanks again for joining us. Join us again tomorrow.